This week's podcast brought to you by Big Scissors. This past weekend, we were at Gamble Pavilion because they were going to retire my jersey at halftime. And our eight-year-old, during the second quarter, was excited to find out what the halftime entertainment was going to be. Was it going to be Red Panda? Was it going to be Baby Race? What was it going to be? And so she looked at you and said, Dad, what are they doing at halftime? And you said, that's when Mom's jersey retirement is going to be. And our eight-year-old said, aww. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane, who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, you had a big day on Saturday. Your number was retired at UConn. Can I tell you my favorite part of that? Uh, please tell me your favorite part I mean, of that. <laughs> there were a lot of great parts, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think my favorite part was when we were pulling onto campus. You had been given a special parking spot right across from Gample Pavilion, right? And said so it can be difficult to park at UConn. Yes, yes. Especially a, an hour before the game is going to start. As with any c- college campus. Um, but you were given, I won't say what it was, but you were given some sort of secret handshake, some sort of password to uh, give to the police to to drive around the pylons. The police have the road blocked off right outside of you. Right no, outside of it the wasn't just me. It was me and my guests, and Ray Allen was going to be at the function too. So we were all given the same information of where to park and that our name was on a parking list. But if there was any issue to use this code word. And I believe some of your friends used that code word, some of your guests. And, some of my and, guests And were laughed did. at by the... By the yeah, it, I think the, the, the code word was a joke because my friend, I we didn't use the code word, but I did have friends use the code word and they said that people looked at them like they were crazy. And replied, there's no code word. <laughs> Which kind of disappoints me that there's no parking code word. Well, in, in, my, in my fantasy uh, world, there still is a code word. We just didn't use it. I thought the code word that they gave you was not only the parking code word for UConn, but could be used anywhere on your special day. Yeah, anywhere in the state. If I had driven into Hartford and couldn't find parking, I could just have parked in the middle of the street and walked around yelling that code word at any police officer. But you you didn't use the code word. You didn't didn't have to use the code word. You were driving. I was in the shotgun seat. It was your new minivan, and I have not yet been allowed to drive that. But as as we pulled up to the policeman blocking the way to the special parking lot, you pulled up, you rolled down your window, and with two index fingers pointed at your face. That is so, you see, you take things that are somewhat true and then warp them. I rolled down the window, I looked at the police officer and I I said, I'm here for the banner ceremony. And he said, okay, go through. I didn't point at my face. I had, my hands were on 10 and two on the steering wheel of the new minivan. And uh, and that's all I said. I believe you said Rebecca Lobo, at which point the police officer looked at you as if that was the secret password. No. Perhaps I, they gave you a, a bogus password, and the secret password for everybody else was your name. See, this is the problem be, with being married to you, is going forward, this is going to be how the story was told, as if it's fact, when indeed the fact was, 
for the police officer to get around the cone. I rolled the window down and said, I'm here for the banner ceremony. He let me through. He said, he then, said no, may no. I see some ID? And you pointed at your face. No, and see that? You did, you did the Madonna <laughs> thing where you framed your face with your hands, and he said, go right ahead. While that makes the story much more interesting and much more entertaining, that is not true. And then when we pulled up to the, it was 100 yards later, we had another woman who had a, a clipboard and names on it, and a woman who I recognized from times when I've worked games at Gamble. And... I just rolled my window down. I said, Rebecca Lobo, I'm here for the game. And, and she said, you know, go on through. But never did I point at or frame my face in the manner that you just described. At any point did you point at or frame my face? <laughs> at which point no, they made us park no. off That campus. would have gotten us tossed uh, out of Gample Pavilion. So we, we gather the troops, uh, the four kids, you and me. We go into Gamble Pavilion. Uh, you had some pre-game festivities to attend to. I had the kids in a some in a holding cell, a lovely room with holding snacks. Holding cell, and I know. It was, it had Not, food and beverage. It was beautiful. And, yes. But as we walked, then walked into the arena proper. You said we had to stop. I think what was going on? They were doing. They were, the, they were doing the senior ceremony. So right when we walked right. into the arena, twenty minutes before the game, they were announcing Nafisa Collier, and she and her family were walking out onto the court. So we had to stop so we wouldn't kind of walk through there. When you say ceremony. senior ceremony, it was it was the UConn women's basketball seniors senior were being night, honored with yeah. their, with their families. It wasn't for senior citizens. <laughs> no, that's every game. Right. This one was actually for the seniors. And we stopped, and you said, "Oh." Kobe Bryant just walked in. Yes. And so when we were finally went to our seats and uh, we got we got settled in and there were about 30 people there from your family and we were greeting people and we sat down and we'd been sitting down for a few minutes while the pregame was still going on when our oldest daughter sitting next to me, you were on the aisle, then our oldest daughter, then me, typed something in notes mode on her phone and handed it to me and it said, the guy sitting in front of you is Kobe Bryant. Did she think you weren't aware of that? I wasn't aware of that. Oh, you weren't aware of I that? Was, I was getting situated in my seat. I knew I, I had the reaction that I usually have when somebody even taller than I am is sitting in front of me, which is, what are the odds? <laughs> right. But the seats are pitched in a way that it, it wasn't a big deal. And uh, and then I, I, I thought um, the cameras and the photographers seated directly in front of me we're just we're just uh, drinking in my my electric green north face coat you thought that's why all the photographers in fact, was there. it was were Kobe there. bryant um well this is pretty pretty cool I, th- this is one of the the vivid memories i will have from this game was the seniors uh the ceremony so nafisa collier and her family went first and then katie lou samuelson and how uconn does it the player walks our walks out usually arm in arm with a parent or a sibling and uh, Katie Lou Samuelson wa- is walking out, and right in front of me, Kobe Bryant is, is standing there with his phone recording the senior ceremony. And his daughter, who he had with him, his 12-year-old daughter, he has, he has a few children, but his 12-year-old daughter was the one he had at this game, is a big women's basketball fan. Kobe and, and his daughter are both big UConn fans. She but, and he were both in UConn basketball yep. shirts. And, and in particular, his daughter is a big Katie Lou Samuelson fan. She, too, is from California. And, and Kobe brings his daughter to L.A. Sparks games. And Katie Lou Samuelson um, is sometimes at those Sparks games because her sister Carly plays for the Sparks. Anyway, to, it was such a touching moment to me because, you know, how the world has changed that you have this NBA superstar, but he's there taking video of a college 
female player because that's who his his daughter um, loves to watch play. And I thought that was just a really, really cool moment that this is where we are in um, in women's sports, that, that this is what's happening. And uh, what's been really funny is I've had quite a few people since, uh, you know, just in the last couple of days say to me, I didn't know you and Kobe were such good friends that he came out to see your jersey retirement. I've had multiple people say that to me. I said, no, he wasn't there for the jersey. He was there with his daughter to watch UConn and to watch Katie Lou on her senior day. Um, but because he was, you know, on the TV camera a ton during the game and we were sitting right behind him, that was the impression that that some people had. So, uh, so and he also posted that? on Instagram, you know, great to see Rebecca Lobo's retirement cere- Jersey retirement ceremony. He couldn't have been more gracious to our kids and and to your whole family. He asked our our ninth grade daughter how she's liking basketball, what her favorite uh, thing is about basketball, and she said, uh, "I guess posting up." She she was put <laughs> on the spot. And he said, "Yeah, posting up is fun, isn't it?" And our son, who's ten, who is uh, about to play in his uh, season playoffs. I mentioned to Kobe that um, you know he was he was playing and and also that he plays the all-time Lakers on Xbox and kills me because I always got to be like the Brooklyn Nets or something while he has the choice of you know Kareem, Magic, Kobe, Wilt, West, Baylor, all these guys playing at the same time and he uh, he slapped Thomas on the leg and said, "Keep getting after it, Thomas." And uh, Thomas, when he gets nervous, kind of like has this sucking on a lozenge look and uh, thomas went into that mode and and um and after a few minutes he said to me can i go back and sit by my cousins now and uh, so i let him go but he he uh kept that sort of pep talk of keep getting after it in his head and and i'm sure he will yeah it's uh it's it's interesting too how social media plays a part in things because i the last time i spoke to kobe bryant was 20 plus years ago it was when i attended the uh, all-star game in new york city it may have been even his rookie year. And that's literally the last time I spoke to him. I've seen him at games and may have waved, but that's the last time I spoke to him. But he and I follow each other on Twitter and I follow him on Instagram. So I see the posts with him coaching his daughter. So, you know, when you just sort of feel like you know somebody when when you're following them in that way. So it was weird So to, you know, to talk to him. And, and even though it's the first time I'd spoken to him in 25 years, um, to still feel like you sort of know what's going on in someone's life. Like I was just talking to him about, you know, his daughter and I got to talk to his daughter because uh, we both have 12 year olds and coaching our kids and that sort of thing. Um, you feel like you know what's going on, even though you don't really have any clue. And he was he was a very much a fan, um, like any fan of, of um, college basketball, the NBA, youth basketball. If a, if a UConn player would drive the lane, he'd say and one. You know whether it was an and one or not. Right. Sometimes it got the call. Sometimes not. Uh, he was he was just into he was uh, totally into totally the into game. it play by play. And you know you talk about social media. Just because the game was televised, your retirement jersey retirement ceremony was televised, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, almost from the moment we sat down, our daughter is getting texts from her friends saying, "You're sitting right behind Kobe Bryant. Say hi to me. OMG." get a picture with them, all that stuff. I was getting texts from friends of mine, some of whom I haven't heard from in ages, saying, uh, hey, say hi, to, say hi to Kobe for me. And, um, and, and then people were sending me pictures from their TVs of, right. of myself in real time during the game. And, um, and even some loyal podcast listeners who recognized my uh, Electric Green North Face Parka 
from from the picture that I posted on the Instagram account that you're unaware in, in of. In basement, in our still freezing basement. Um, the, um, uh, and I'll have to say this because, you know, whether or not you were a Kobe Bryant fan uh, when he was a player or a Kobe, Kobe Bryant fan in any way, he is a huge supporter of women's basketball. He watches college women's basketball. He came to the women's Final Four, um, I think, last year um, to, be, to watch UConn. And he comes to WNBA games. He tweets about it. You know, LeBron watches a ton of women's basketball and WNBA and tweets about it. But Kobe goes to the games and he's a huge supporter. And I, I you know, it, the WNBA and women's college basketball is, is at a point where that, that kind of support still really matters. And um, it was really nice to see him there. It was. And then they, they uh, retired your jersey at halftime. That was cool. As sports writers would say, talk about that. Right. Well, it's it's an interesting situation when anything's done at halftime. First of all, Katie Lou Samuelson gets hurt in the second quarter, and the whole arena goes completely silent because she's down. And obviously, if she has an injury, that impacts UConn in a huge way. This is right before halftime. This is right before halftime. A funereal silence falls so, over Gamble. And UConn was down for much of the first quarter because Houston came out and hit their first five threes, and I'm just sitting there thinking – well, this is going to be a great halftime ceremony. UConn's going to be down. Katie Lou Samuelson's going to be like in the back. Nobody's going to know what her health status is. And as a player, uh, as a player, would you think would you think Houston players would be thinking, or the Houston coach would be saying, "This is their senior night. This is their retiring Rebecca Lobo's number night." They think this is going to be a win. Right. Go of out course. and spoil that. Of course. And and I knew Coach Oriamo was going to have the players sit out and watch the the ceremony so they're going to be feeling great if they're if they're not in, in the lead they ended up being in the lead but anyway it was it was a it may have been preferable to spending more time in the locker room with gino right true um, it was a lovely ceremony and the interesting thing in those ceremonies is you know okay we want you to speak but it's at halftime so you know whatever you say has to be in what 90 seconds or less and people maybe want to go to the bathroom and less. get snacks yeah people really you know they're they're going to be respectful and stay out and watch, but they certainly don't want you to go long. And uh, and so I was hopefully short and sweet, but it well, was you it were was actually you were actually too short because you prepared an opening remark that uh, you didn't use. I, I thought you didn't use it because because Gina was so sincere and uh, heartfelt in his comments that preceded yours. But in fact, you just forgot to say what you were going to say. I just forgot to say for those who didn't see you who weren't there. Um, you had mentioned when you went into the Basketball Hall of Fame that you would not be here, meaning there, without uh, without Gino. And and they showed that clip on the on the scoreboard. And Gino said, "She's right. She wouldn't be here without me. But by the same token, I wouldn't be here without her." And it was very heartfelt. And then you were going to open, follow that with a. Uh, I was going to open with, you know, next week. I found out that next week UConn is also going to retire. Gina Oriam a sweater from the Oklahoma game because it's the first time in I don't know years that instead of wearing a sport coat to coach the game he had this sweater on that on Twitter took on a life of its own but yeah I just forgot I think probably because I was taken a little aback by by him you know he we we like to give each other a hard time I, I didn't um expect him to uh to say what he said and, and it meant a lot and um and so then I I figured maybe it's not the best place to uh to make the sweater remark. But anyway, the the, uh, the thing that actually really got me was they turned the lights out in the arena for the ceremony. So they turned the lights out and then they put the spotlight on the the jersey and they pull the, the cover, whatever it was, the black cover off. And so you see the jersey. and then It's like they're unveiling a statue. They, they yank right. from the rafters a black veil that has been thrown over the... Right, the, this uh, massive 
this massive jersey that's up there. But before the game, they had honored Nafisa oh, Collier and Kate Lou Samuelson, the two seniors, w- by putting them in the uh, Huskies. Huskies of Honor. Huskies of Honor. And, and they also had banners that were sheathed in this black veil. And Katie Lou's came down. Not easily. They, Not easily. They had to tug and tug and tug to get Katie Lou's down. And as they're tugging like crazy to get Nafisa's down, her actual the placard that was up there started, yeah, started off to come down because and they so couldn't they had get to the stop. veil unsnagged I mean, from things. It's, it's, a, it's a big joke in stores that nobody is worse at unveiling banners and nobody has more experience doing it. And I was saying to the, the sports information and, and now the associate athletic director, I said, Gino's winning percentage is better than your unveiling percentage. Because I would say 70% of the time, it works out okay, and uh, his winning percentage is higher And than 30% that. of the time is the only time they notice and what happens. And, and our, our oldest daughter said to me during that fiasco, she leaned over and whispered to me, you had one job. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I did offer um, UConn athletic officials my, my idea, free of charge, of the mechanized dry cleaning rack that rotates the banners and then, of course, those that don't fit out there, they, there still is room, but those that don't fit would, would be hidden away on its on its loop, just kind of like a, a, an airport luggage rack. Well, you know, for a while, you wouldn't see it when it went through those little floppy things, um, but there would always be a rotation of, uh, of somebody's banners. After the game, there were a few different functions where we were talking to people about different things, including unveiling um, Nafisa and Katie Lou's placards. And you said to someone... You relayed the story that you just relayed to me about, you know, you had one job. And I didn't tell you this at the time. You re- you were saying that to the guy whose job it was, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so I kind of tried to scurry us out of there quickly. So wow. um, I think uh, I think he probably took that with a sense of humor. I, I certainly hope so. My, my favorite. Well, there are a couple of favorite moments from the day, but one of them was that morning when our eight year old asked you to. Uh, I think get out the crayons or the markers or something so she could make a card. And you asked her. Um, oh, she was drawing. No, she she was she had already drawn a basketball on a sheet of okay. paper. And she asked me to get out. Um, yeah, get out crayons so she could color it in. And I said, "That's really sweet that you're making a card for mom." And she said, "This isn't for mom. This is for Tara." Tara is our our former babysitter who was Mary Poppins for us for about eight or nine years, the most unbelievably terrific babysitter you could ever ask for who came to the game. And um, the most joy our daughter showed the entire afternoon was when we were sitting in our seats and all of a sudden she looked over and saw that Tara was there and our daughter just got this giant smile on her face and ran over and jumped in into Tara's arms. It was one of the sweeter moments of the day. And uh, two other moments that our youngest daughter uh, stood out for me during the day. After, immediately after the UConn game, we were taken to the practice, practice facility where they were dedicating a new kind of uh, museum lobby, a beautiful thing. And um, But they had the ribbon, they literally the champion were, center, yeah, I think literally having a ribbon yeah. cutting, and um, and they had the gigantic ceremonial ribbon cutting scissors on the stage. Yeah, Ray Allen was there, and our youngest said to me, "Why do they have the big scissors?" <laughs> and and then, I will forever think of every ribbon cutting, every ceremonial opening of anything as big scissors. Right, like <laughs> like this, he's a representative from Big Pharma or Big Tobacco. Uh, the people who do these things come from. Big scissors. She th- she also asked me, where do you get big scissors? She clearly wants some. And, and she wants frankly, some I want scissors. some. I want, right. I want at some point 
to cut up an oversized novelty tennis tournament check with the oversized novelty ribbon cutting scissors. Well, I don't know if you noticed that she it, it would be it would be more it would be more cathartic than just cutting up a check, avoided check with a, with a regular scissors. You talked about the banners in Gamble Pavilion, and if anyone has ever been there, I mean, they cover everything. And so when they put Ray and my things up there, they, they took put down... They and your things up there. Yeah, the, our placards. I don't even know what they would call it. Whatever the, represents our jerseys up there. They took down the American flag that was hanging on the wall. But previous to this... Ray and I each had Hall of Fame banners or placards or whatever that had been up um, in the up in the rafters, and they took those down because these now also say Naismith Hall of Fame, so they include that. And as we left the arena after the game, and we were walking kind of in the bowels of Gample, I look over in this hallway that, that where they're storing they always store extra basketball hoops and just a variety of crud. Both Ray and my former Hall of Fame placard things were just there leaning against the wall. And, and I wish I'd taken a picture of it because that's where stuff also apparently goes to die. Do you think that was out at the curb on whatever recycling day was? At, oh, without at, question. Stores? Without question. I don't know that you can repurpose those. So, well, yeah. We could have repurposed them here. You could have raised them. We could have raised them to the kitchen. They're kitchen enormous. Rafters. They would have taken up the entire kitchen. Those things are huge. You wouldn't have had a problem with that. Yeah, right. At the end of this lovely long day, there was a dinner on campus in the alumni house at UConn, and former men's coach Jim Calhoun was there. Ray Allen was there and spoke. Calhoun spoke. Gino spoke, and then you spoke, and um, our kids were running around having sampled the buffet, but uh, really were more interested in bouncing off the walls there. And at one point, or at several points, uh, our kids were asking if there was dessert at this shindig. And when it was your turn to speak, you you said over the microphone um, that our eight-year-old wanted to know if there was dessert. Well, because Coach Oriama's restaurant, Gino's Grill, was catering the event. And so I said, Coach, my eight-year-old wants to know, is there dessert? And he said, yes, there is dessert. So the event wound down. It was beautiful. There was no dessert. Um, and as we... As we're leaving, our eight-year-old said to me, Mom, or no, I think we might have been in the car. Mom, why did your coach lie and say there was dessert? So we, we <laughs> were going to go to the Yukon Dairy Bar for ice cream, but it was 7 o'clock. It closed at 7, so we went to another place on campus that sells... Insomnia cookies. Sells delivers ice cream and cookies, until, cream and cookies to 3 a.m., yes. And you texted Gino from there to say... said, my daughter asked, why did your coach lie and say there was dessert? And his response was, I didn't say the dessert was here. He said, I said, there is dessert. <laughs> there is dessert. Not here. Not here. So actually, I'll post a picture because um, they, they, Insomnia Cookies, it's a small place, but it was packed because they sell you know, just out of the oven cookies and then ice cream sandwich cookies and stuff. But they had this big cookie. I will post a picture of it on our Instagram account, which is at Ball and Chain Podcast. So people get an idea of the deliciousness that uh, that our eight-year-old actually did get to experience and for it, dessert. And just to go back to the game for a second, uh, they had a nice ceremony for you. Uh, Ray Allen was having a, a similar ceremony the following day and was there that weekend. Two basketball Hall of Famers, Kobe Bryant, of course, was there. But the biggest celebrity by far in that arena was the kid who hit a 
was it a half court shot? Yeah, half court shot for, for ten grand, ten thousand dollars. I was yes. at the concession stand getting popcorn for our kids when that happened, but I heard the roar and went and saw the aftermath of his. Yeah, it uh, was right after. Was it like right after the third quarter? It might have even been near I think the so. end of the halftime. But it, yeah, that was the coolest thing. He's sprinting around the court after winning his ten thousand dollars. And then at one point during a break, and it was halftime or in the third quarter, a lady came down, said, "My friend." doesn't have a ticket down in this section, so she can't get down here. But she asked you to sign this and handed me a ball and chain coaster. Right. So I signed it and gave the pen and the coaster to you. And you I were was in the midst of conversation, conversation with someone. And then you handed the coaster and pen back to the lady. And when I went to get that popcorn in the third quarter, the, the lady who was whose coaster it actually was thanked me for signing her coaster. I looked at it. And you hadn't signed it. Yeah. I, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking when you handed it to me. I just thought I was passing it through to someone else. So I think I signed it late. I got to it Did later you? in the, okay. later if in not, the game. If not, Elaine, Rebecca, We're sorry. I'm apologizing on behalf of Rebecca. This is the last thing because we've talked already far too long about this. But um, Saturday was a great day. It was also a long day because it was the game and then the ribbon cutting ceremony. And then we went somewhere else for a dinner. And as you mentioned, Coach Calhoun spoke, then Ray spoke, then Coach Orama spoke, and then it was my turn. There's nothing worse at the end of a long day than to be the last speaker at something because you know every single person there just wants to get the heck out of there. and uh, But you have to say something because everyone else has said something. But at the same time, no matter what you say, you can see it in people's eyes. They just want to go home. And... Uh, and that was the position I was in on Saturday night. And and our children were running around. Uh, Ray Allen's children were there. It's not a great uh, love for children to listen to multiple speeches at that stage of the game when they're hungry for dessert. And so our eight-year-old asked our asked her 19-year-old cousin, our nephew, uh, if he would join her in running around the upstairs of this. The upstairs overlooked the event space, so we could still see them and hear them. And he said, no, he didn't think it was the appropriate time or place to be running around during your speech. And, and our eight-year-old said, I thought you were 19, not 90. Right. <laughs> yes. Which um, gives which me some, some hope. Some hope, some pause that uh, when she's 19. What that's going to mean. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, the, the Champion Center, which is basically the lobby of the practice facility, the way they've outfitted it, very much like a museum. It is spectacular, and I, I don't know if it's open to the public right now, but it will be open to the public soon or tours or whatever. And uh, if you're in stores, definitely go there and take a look at it. Um, kind of gives you the history of UConn men's and women's basketball. Inter- it's very interactive for kids as well, but it's, uh, it's going to be a really cool destination for pe- people who are um, women's and men's UConn fans. And then we came home. the end of this long day, that night, you put your feet up, you got in your sweats, out of your event clothes, as I like to call them. My event, and, yes. Yeah. I have this se- separate section in my closet for event clothes. I remained in my uh, my green jacket, my uh, having won the Masters. And uh, you put your feet up. You may have you may have had a snack. I don't recall. And you said it was a lovely day. I'm I'm grateful for everything that has happened. But please, don't honor me again. <laughs> You didn't mean that with a with any kind of no malice, peace no, and love, total no. peace and love, total peace and love. But I, th- I, you, I think you feel like you have you have been overly honored. I've been overly honored and underly, no, overly honored and have run out of 
things to say. I can't imagine. I've run out of things to say. I can't, especially as the last speaker in a late evening, I can't imagine there's any other reason to honor me. Um, well, that, that's, was, I, that was going to say, that's the good news. There is no other reason. There's no other reason. So it was, it, it's, it was lovely and very, very, very appreciated. And now I'm done being honored. <laughs> Well, I, I was planning to honor you this coming weekend. but Well, you're still allowed to honor me, just in, not in public. <laughs> in a total non sequitur, this could have been my, my favorite moment um, from the weekend, aside of, you know, from everything else, was our eight-year-old, I don't know, I don't even know if we were watching a basketball game or what, but she was like shadow shooting in the living room, pretending she was shooting, and then she popped her jersey, like she pulled her jersey out as if she was celebrating. For people who don't know, popping your jersey is when you grab it, you know, both sides of the top of your jersey and pull it out. And uh, Popping the Yukon or whatever it says across yeah, the Yeah, yeah. So th- our eight-year-old did that. And our 12-year-old who was sitting on the couch, just reclining, looked up and just said, don't do that. Nobody likes that player. <laughs> <laughs> And I loved it. And I, I, just, I want, so wanted to squeeze my 12-year-old and say, you're absolutely right. Nobody likes that player. Well, you know, this is no longer a non sequitur because it plays into what you just said there. I remember you saying earlier in this week when Bryce Harper signed his 13-year, $330 million deal with the Phillies, his agent, Scott Boris, said of Harper, he wanted to go to one city, stay there, build a brand and an identity and recruit players. And you had a visceral reaction to that phrase. He wanted to go to I one city, stay phrase. there, build a brand. I what, hate what that part phrase. Of that, what part of that phrase do you hate? I hear, the, build the brand. I hear that, and I've heard it over the course of the last, I don't know, five or six years. Sometimes women's college basketball players, uh, you know, she wants to build her brand. And I want to look at these players and say, you don't, you're not a brand and you'll never be a brand. And, and not, not in any way saying something negative about them. But look at women's basketball in general. Who has a brand? There's like a handful of people. Well, well, Maya, Maya Moore, Maya Moore built a brand, and, and she was with Brand Jordan, uh, Elena Deladon, uh, Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird, Skylar Diggins. Who else? If, no if, one else has but, a brand. But if we may back up, any human being building a brand. I mean, a brand is something you put on a can of baked beans, right? Or that you put on cattle or that you put on a sneaker and it's just it's and just it semantics it's just semantics but it, it, but it's, it's an individual thing i it's, want to be a corporate logo yeah, it's not I, I, an it's aspiration that i building uh, I find a brand means you, you want to build yourself up into something well you're in college right now how about making it all about your college team and then when you go to the WNBA, make it about that team and if other stuff comes to you as a result of it great but or but the, or, or but just or just do of, or just do it without saying it build yourself right. into something right. people will recognize that right and and if if you don't have and i say this as somebody as a couple that has a logo on a <laughs> on a pod on this very podcast but the notion of, of sort of wanting to become a corporate logo, I find uh, an odd aspiration. It's just, and and oftentimes it's said by about kids who just go out and help your team win. Like the best way to build your brand is to win a national championship. The best way to build your brand is to have success with your college team. Just the whole, you know, putting yourself ahead of team or the idea of building a brand in that phrase in particular, obviously, um, gets under my skin. Well, I, our, our eldest has a half day today. And so I'm gonna have to go pick her up in a half an hour. So I think 
for that reason and many other reasons, we should just get straight into get into viewer mail. Viewer mail. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Lots of congratulations in this week's viewer mail on your number retirement. Uh, this one offers congratulations. I'm sure you you carry your parents in your heart each day, Rebecca. Um, the third member of the Trinity in the picture that she attached is, uh, and this is a photo from 1995, your mom and dad at a game. Is it the championship game or is it just Yeah, that's the championship game. No, that's the that's, Nash- that's the in Minneapolis. It's the national championship game at Target Center in Minneapolis. Yes. There are your parents in the seat behind your parents. So, so flanked by both of your parents in the photograph is my mom. Thank goodness for Rewind because um, this the writer of this was just seeing this this uh, photo on a SNY special uh, from two seasons ago. This was the very first UConn game I attended with her, our correspondent writes. It was the beginning of 18 wonderful years of traveling with my mom, following you and all of the UConn Huskies who followed in your footsteps. Saturday, I will be watching from behind the basket. So she was there on Saturday. Thanks for helping to put UConn on the map. Enjoy Saturday with Steve and your children. Blessings. Sister Patty. I love that. I love that uh, the picture that she sent where her, her mom is in between my parents. Again, it's from the from Minneapolis, from the Final Four, the National Championship game. And, and my mother's wearing, I think in the picture, a denim jumper. My mother had in her head that it was good luck for her to wear denim. So she, to my games. So she, every game that year, wore denim. And my father had, even though he had more than one Yukon sweatshirt, the sweatshirt he's wearing in that picture, I think it's gray with blue Yukon or something written on it, was his lucky sweatshirt. So my parents, in their hearts, believed that my mom's, whatever denim she was wearing in my dad's sweatshirt was part of the reason that we had success that season. <laughs> and you didn't lose a game that season, 35 and hour. Nope. And they wore the exact same outfit for each of those games. So who's I don't know if it was the exact same outfit because my mom just had to have denim. So I don't know if it was always the denim jumper. You know, she's a woman, so she wasn't going to wear the same thing every game. So sometimes it was jeans, sometimes it was denim skirt. And to throw into the mix, her denim jumper. And do you think she married your father, <laughs> Denny, because he was the closest nominally to denim that she could Denny find? with two N's, perhaps. Hi, Stephen Rebecca, writes uh, Ed in Maryland. In a recent podcast, you talked about rolls of quarters and how useful they used to be, doing laundry, going to the arcade, etc. Let's not forget the Connecticut Turnpike. I went to college in Connecticut in the late 70s, and driving up the Turnpike always meant stopping every 10 miles or so at a toll booth and tossing in a couple of quarters into a basket. Haven't been up that way in many years. Presumably, they have a more convenient system in place these days. On another note, after having read Stingray Afternoons, I recently purchased a copy of Road Swing. Uh, Ed, thank you very much. The method that they use now in Connecticut is not having a turnpike or a toll road. Yeah, but Governor Lamont is talking about implementing tolls. Uh, that makes me think of uh, this one that came into Twitter, Twitter, which is at Ball and Chain Pod, and this is from our friend Matthew Bartleson. He said two things. One, my building has laundry that's both coin-operated, which I seldom use, or an app to pay. And then two... As a frequent bar goer and resident restaurateur, pool tables still have to take quarters. However, the game changer is the Touch iTunes or the Touch Tunes app for the jukebox. Oh wow! See apps. It's all about apps. But or, not for the pool table. For, for, you for, still for have laundry. to use quarters for that. That's good. That satisfying chunk chunk when you push it in and, yes. and pull, pull it out. I, I love that. And, and just on the previous thing about um, rolls of quarters, it was a thrill as a kid on the Northwest Toll Road. Going into Chicago, we would used to go to Chicago every the summer. I was born there. My family had lived there for 10 years before we moved to Minneapolis, and we would go back and visit, and we had toll roads. And the oasis over the toll road, the, the Lake Forest oasis, you'd go to McDonald's and look down on the traffic going under you, but the toll roads 
we always wanted to be on the right side of the car, opposite the driver's side, and, and hook shot quarters into the into the basket. We, we would have that. the same experience when we would go to Cape Cod driving on the Mass Pike or going to my grandparents' house on the Mass Pike because that was a toll road. I do remember sometimes you'd pull up behind somebody and all of a sudden you'd see them get out of the car because when they threw the 35 cents in, the dime or something wouldn't have gone in and they'd have to get out, rummage around, find it, and then uh, throw it into the, the large basket that was collecting the coins. Cassie writes, I've been listening, this is to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. I've been listening to your podcast since inception. Big Rebecca fan, sorry, Steve. As a college basketball coach myself, I convinced my fiance, who responds to any basketball I make her watch as yay sports, to listen to your podcast because I knew she'd appreciate the dry humor. She ho- she sucked. Anyhow, she got a new phone today and was way too ecstatic about her new dongle. So much so, she made me email you this picture of it. I think this means I'm winning in this relationship. No, her jump shot is not pretty. She actually kicks her feet out like a cheerleader and shoots with two hands, but we are working on B-E-E-F. Ah, balance, eyes, elbow, follow through. There you go. Send swag. She'd love it. Uh, this I, I will send out a, a batch of swag this week. If you haven't gotten the last couple of weeks, I, I need... A I, batch of swag. I need to send it out. But, uh, nice but, phrase. But uh, Cassie, you need to send an address to get the swag. This happens a lot. People will ask for swag but won't send an address. But I, I, I would urge all of our listeners, if you have a picture of your fiancé's dongle, one is enough. Okay, Sheila writes, Congratulations, Rebecca, on the retirement of UConn number. I expected to see Steve with his monocle, but alas, I only saw him there with popcorn. Lots and lots of popcorn. Popcorn is a vegetable, right? <laughs> Bug Mom 64. Well, Bug Mom, funny you should say that. I went. I was famished during that game. I hadn't eaten breakfast. We got there sort of around lunchtime. Uh, dinner was going to be later, so I went to the concession stand when we had a chance, and I got a bunch of popcorn the kids had requested. Then I was going to go back and get myself something, but when I got to the concession stand, I realized I only had enough money to buy that. I had two singles left over. And uh, and the lady at the concession stand said that um, she was shorthanded right then because all of my employees have gone to ogle Kobe Bryant. Well, see, you have no excuse for not having any, any money on you because we have these relatively okay card wallets that go on the back of the phone. Are they called phone wallets, card wallets, whatever, that have the ball and chain logo on them. And I always have mine on my phone and I always have a credit card in there. So no matter what happens, you always have your phone on you. So you should have your credit card in. Do you have one of the ball and chain I card had one wallets in, in on your the, phone? The, uh, the, uh, I'm going to post a picture. The, the, the uh, faulty glue on the thing kind of no, my glue is, my phone. My glue has worked great. I'm going to take a picture of the ball and chain card wallet, and uh, I'll post it on our Twitter account. Okay. And, um, and then people can see what I'm talking about. I'm going to throw out a viewer mail that came to Twitter. This is from Wade. Meet the inventive Uber driver that gives his passengers a menu of different ride types. And they send a picture. There was an article on this at Mashable. The Uber driver, ride type menu. You can do the stand-up. I tell you about things that are funny. You can do the silent ride. There's a menu, a whole menu, and you choose from your Uber driver what you want. Do you want a silent ride? Do you want to talk? Do you not? I love that idea. I would, you know, even if he drove on the wrong side of the road just for the the uber menu i would give him five stars well funny you should say that we have uh an email from uh sherry c-h-e-r-i on uber etiquette she writes Stephen rebecca i'm listening to your podcast in order starting with the first and i'm just finishing episode 18 i live in oregon so i had never used uber until i started traveling to the to the san francisco bay area for business i love your uber driver confessions as they're both entertaining and helpful however as you discussed your uber rating as a passenger i was startled and somewhat concerned, as I didn't know this was a real thing. 
I think I've been a good passenger, but now I wonder. For example, I initially assumed I should get in the front seat. But is this correct, Rebecca? <laughs> no, you don't get in the front seat Unless of the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> Since I'm from Oregon, we're a rather casual and friendly folks. So I often start a casual conversation and then take my cues from the driver. Would you please expand your Uber driver confession segment to include Uber etiquette? Thank you, Sherry, Cherie, Springfield, Oregon, Rebecca. Well, I think if you get in the car, absolutely you can so you, you can start some conversation. Well, first, but if when you get, you get in the front in, seat, you should get in the back seat and, and strike up a conversation. Perhaps you're rating risk of going down. Yeah, yeah, uh, you you definitely can strike up a conversation. You can take your cues from the driver, but definitely sit in the back seat. That's where it, if you know the really good Uber drivers might have some water or mints or something else back there. They usually have crud on their front seat, but uh, but I like that. <laughs> Well, since we're out, she's from Oregon. Let's go. Let's stay in the, that general uh, geographic neck of the woods. Josh in Wyoming writes, "Congratulations, Rebecca, on your Jersey retirement last year. While on the dad-daughter trip, when the girls asked after they got their picture with you, remember this last year, Josh yes. and his daughters from Wyoming came out Basketball to see Basketball is my boyfriend. Was the shirts that the, that the girls were wearing at and that you game? Took a picture with them mm-hmm. in Hartford last year after you, they got their picture with you. Uh, they asked, "Who was that?" I responded. She's a freaking legend, and I didn't say freaking. She put UConn on the map. She was the first big-time player UConn from UConn that I remember. Get on your phone, go to YouTube, and type in Rebecca Lobo highlights. Later that night at dinner, after you tweeted about the girls, the girls said Lobo did. She was a freaking beast, and they said freaking. Her highlights are unreal. <laughs> she mentioned us. You made their trip, much like you made the thousands of us love women's basketball those years ago. Well done. You're a freaking legend and now number 50 will always be yours congrats from wyoming josh i am going to point out that no one since i played at uconn ever wore number 50 and it's not because they weren't allowed just 50 is not i've mentioned this before is not a particularly appealing number these days because since david robinson i don't know who you know if any notable nba player has worn it but uh it has hasn't been worn and now never will be how about that? Brett writes to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. Hi, Steve and Rebecca. Your comb-over talk reminded me of when David Letterman used to make fun of Purdue coach Gene Cady's hair. Slogan, Purdue basketball. It'll comb you over. After a little Googling, I located Dave's top 10 list uh, that Gene Cady himself read on the show in 2000. Best from Brett in New Jersey. Top 10 Purdue University basketball head coach Gene Cady's tips for looking your best. This is from Letterman in 2000. Read by the Purdue coach himself. 10. Shake head violently. If a single hair moves, keep spraying. 8. Always comb with the grain, not against it. 4. I live by one simple rule. Try to look better than Dick Vitale. Well, I, I did a column on Gene Cady when he retired from Purdue. and Was he still combing over then? Uh, he, he was, and he was what I like to think of as a hostile witness, somebody who really didn't want to be interviewed, didn't want to talk about himself, and uh, but I had set up a phone interview with him we went. We did the phone interview, and at some point, about 20 or 30 minutes into the phone interview, I was asking a, a question, and he said, we've talked, we've talked long enough, or something to that effect, and he hung up the phone. Not even a goodbye, just uh, we've talked long I, enough? I just think he, yeah, that, that was it. He had, he had stuff to do, so I, How, I can respect that. You know that. what, I would, it would be nice... A, to be able to do that and not to feel bad about it. Like how often are you in a conversation with a person or on the phone with a person or anywhere and you in your brain would like to say, we've talked enough and hang up to be able to be that personality. I mean, you're, you know, you're not a good person necessarily (laughs) if you do that, but it would be very freeing 
to have the ability to do that whenever you want it. We've talked enough. Hang up or walk away. Rebecca writes, Rachel, congratulations on your Jersey retirement. Uh, yada, yada, yada. All very nice. Uh, I love that Holly Rowe and her son surprised you by being there. We haven't talked about this. Yeah, how about Holly Rowe? Um, I, I saw her before the game. She and Mikhailin, her, her 24-year-old son uh, who lives in New York City, drove up for the game for the ceremony. They had to leave right after the ceremony because Holly had to fly somewhere for gymnastics the next day. It may have been the national championship. And I haven't had a chance to talk to her about it, but based on her Instagram post, I think she she had told me she was just going to go to Bradley Airport in Hartford and fly out. I think there was delays. I think she and Mikhailin had to race back to New York to get her to LaGuardia or another New York area airport so she could make her flight. So she came up just for the first half in my ceremony and then um, left. I mean, Holly Rowe is a remarkable, remarkable friend. Hopefully, Rachel writes this will mean more Holly Rowe minutes for us. We didn't record any then, but we'll have to get some we more. We got to get during the NCAA tournament this year for sure. I will get some more Holly We've Rowe got minutes. A couple of burning issues here that Rebecca needs your attention. We need your attention. Uh, and this is a great one from Lynn in Florida. Uh, I was just curious as to your opinion, Rebecca, on some players adjusting their uniform shorts to make them super short or adjusting the sides of the shorts to make them higher try to watch a lot of games when I can, and maybe it's just a little OCD on my part, but it drives me crazy seeing them not wearing the uniform properly. Rebecca? It's an epidemic in women's basketball. It's It looks like a diaper. What the players do is they roll over the waistband to, to, to make them shorter, and then they also tuck in the sides of the shorts into their spandex underneath to make it shorter, and it looks like a diaper. And um, the, one of the nice things, uh, when our daughter was getting ready to play high school basketball, I was reading some of the rules, and one of the rules is in high school basketball, you can't roll over your waistband, and th- the reason is there's a drawstring in your waistband, and they don't want that on the outside of your uniform because that could cause injury if someone got their finger or hand or whatever caught in there as they're running by. Anyway, it looks awful. Um, teams should just, you know... Ask Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, whoever's making these uniforms, make some that the shorts are short so the that's, women feel comfortable that's in what, exactly That's exactly what Lynn says, and she says, watching them come out and roll the waistband a bunch of times is silly. Can coaches make them stop or maybe just get a different size to start with? And, and it's okay for everybody to not have the exact same size. I remember when Brittany Griner was at Baylor, they obviously had to get custom shorts made for her because she was so much taller and wanted longer shorts. Well, you can do the same thing. Just ask the people who provide the uniforms to make them so that the players don't have to do all that craziness. Uh, hi, Rebecca and Steve. This is Pat from the Associated Press. Pat Eaton, Rob, who has oh, covered hey, Pat. you. Hello, Pat. I've been a somewhat regular listener and uh, enjoy listening. The recent conversations on instruments on airplanes prompted a question from my daughter. She was wondering what happens if a flight is oversold? Would they kick off a human passenger or kick off the ticketed instrument? Well, but, I but think Pat, you, Pat, yes, guess. yes. I told her is they would never bump the instrument because as a rule, there's always room for cello. <laughs> well done there, Pat. That brings up another question. Pat says, how is Steve's dad joke game? I'm dad joke game. I'm guessing it's epic. It's not as epic as that, Pat. That was fantastic. That was that was well done. I would think, you know, they always ask if somebody was willing to, you know, for five hundred dollar flight voucher or whatever and you'd have a two for one deal because if the instrument is willing to take the flight credit then you would assume their human is as well uh bob in manchester new hampshire writes rebecca and steve thanks for the new pods rebecca please keep advocating for the 30 second shot clock you will and also anything you can do to bring the sports clothing world to make pants long enough for tall girls 
Our youngest is 6'3", and she has had several coaches say, no problem, my guy will take care of you when she has filled out the preseason order form. And yet, the picture below exists. And there is a picture of Bob's daughter, six foot three inches tall, wearing uh, uh, team sweatpants that yeah, this is that, the thing uh, is that come down just below the shin. There are some tall women's clothiers, like long tall Sally or long elegant legs, that sell sweatpants that are long enough. But but when kids want Nike or Adidas or Under Armour, whatever the the athletic shoe brand is, you can't in stores find women's tall. Um, clothing and and all of those brands make it and they make it for their their professional athletes you know Nike makes plenty of long stuff for Brianna Stewart they just don't sell it anywhere and so that's a problem but if your your kid is just looking for sweatpants that are long enough you can go to like a long elegant legs or a long tall Sally or Athleta that uh, clothing company actually also makes tall clothing for women. A Pam uh, in Las Vegas writes Rebecca why didn't you have your family on the court as Ray Allen did the following day at your halftime retirement ceremony? The following day, Ray Allen was on the court with his wife and his children. You chose not to bring your, your husband and your children out of the court. They your asked, parents, uh, your father, your siblings. They why? asked me that day. Why they did you choose over, not to do that? While we were sitting in Gamble, they came over. I was sitting next to our 14-year-old, and they said, does your family want to come out on the court? And I looked at our 14-year-old, and she shook her head no. And I looked down the aisle at our 8-year-old at our who was bouncing off the walls, and I said, no, we'll keep this simple. I'll just go out there. So I, I suppose I should have asked each and every one of you if you wanted to, but I figured the consensus would be, nah, we're, we'll just sit over here in the stands. Well, we have a lot more viewer mail, but we'll get to the rest of it next week. Next week. And I will get out of here to pick up our daughter at school. And Tom, Dick, and Harry will play us out unless there's anything else you have on your mind. Nothing else on my mind. So go ahead, Tom, Dick, Harry. Play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and ambiguous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane